The Money Show. Small business. Small business feature brought to you by Old Mutual. Visit oldmutual.co.za. Old Mutual do great things every day. Uh, to Pavlo Fatid, he's now the founder at Auric Business Accelerator. You've been road tripping, have you, Pavlo? Dodging potholes wherever you go. Yeah, pretty much, Bruce. It's actually um, it's been quite a grim week, I've got to tell you. You know, I'll give you an example. On Monday morning, I woke up. Uh, got ready to go to work. I normally get to work at about 6.30, quarter to 7. Um, woke up. In order to get ready, firstly, there was a load shedding the night before. Then there was no water. So nonetheless, hopped into the car. No notice of why there's no water. On the way to work, um, of course, the problem with traffic lights, when there's load shedding, all sorts of issues. And on the way to work, there were two uh, taxis that I had to dodge when I was traversing through green traffic lights, and they had shot through red traffic lights. Uh, A little further down on the way to work, uh, two cars um, driving up the wrong side of the road in order to get four or five cars ahead, in order to equally get to work like everyone else does. And over the week, um, I've spoken to a number of business owners, and it's very, very clear to me that... Whilst this is all happening, and, and Bruce, you're going to have to just help me with a little bit of protocol here, because I'm never sure if you say His Excellency, the President of South Africa, or the President of South Africa, His Excellency, His Excellency, Sura Maposa. I don't know. The President. So, the President. Yeah. Just the President. No, but His Excellency. He, <laughs> um, I believe, was lunching with King Charles III during the course of this week. In the midst of all of this, in the midst of us still having no electricity. I'm not, I'm not sure that it's, uh, let's just get, get this right. I'm not, he, I think he's going later on in the month. He's been invited. Um, he's not lunching yet. He's going to lunch. Um, he'll be out okay. to lunch. Well, he's in absentia. Yeah. He's in absentia regardless because okay. nothing's improved. And now we are going through a period of extensive water shedding. And the cost of this on business is quite telling. Oh, yeah. The feeling, certainly so far, having spoken to... Uh, without any exaggeration, about 280 business owners, both black-owned businesses and white-owned businesses, is a feeling of the two, the two emotions that lie in the camp. The first is a resignation. Okay, now, I, I cannot abide by that. You know, resignation is something that is deeply privileged. If you can't afford to resign... Um, it might well be because you have other options. But most people I know in business, both black and white, have very few other options facing them. Those that are in their businesses, that have invested substantially in their businesses over the last 10, 20, 30 years, have this building rage and anger. And a lot of it is because of a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. Um, in many ways, there's very little we can do to change the scenario because it's quite clear government doesn't have the ability to fix things. And it got me thinking about what you do with the rage that's building, Bruce, because that rage is going to move in one of two directions. As a human being, where you have a short life, let's say 80, 90 years, if you want to make the best of your life, if you don't direct that rage sensibly into a place or space that you can find positive inspired action, it seeds a cynicism and an apathy and makes for a very poor outcome of a life. A short life lived very poorly. 
The other alternative is to turn around and face the realities and say, it's unlikely things can change. There's very little I can do to change it. And start moving into a place where you say, I will pay attention exclusively and only where I have a level of control. So what does it mean then for a Black-owned business? The majority of Black-owned businesses in the small business sector have come about over fairly recently, over the last five to 10 to 12 years, maybe 15 years in some cases, and have come about through what was certainly a very inspired idea of creating broader inclusivity within the SME environment through a particular area or level of the BEE codes. And that area or level is called enterprise development or supply development. And in effect, what it means is that if you're a very, very big business, uh, despite enjoying the benefits of being a big business with a very long and deep and rich legacy, uh, you need to play a role in supporting the emergence of a more inclusive economy and specifically, you need to play a role by doing so in supporting market access and entry for small businesses that should they get market access and entry into your services and products as a supplier, you give them the opportunity to, in effect, shoot the root and allow the plant to grow if it's properly managed. And over the years, what's happened in that environment is that many corporates abide by these rules and regulations uh, there's a fair degree of cynicism right around the market, both from black small owned businesses and very large corporates. And there's a lot of anger that wells up within those ranks because many black owned businesses feel that they are simply projects for points for a lot of these large corporates. Yeah. And it's not necessarily untrue. It's not necessarily untrue. So alongside with everything else, that's not working in this country, you sit there in your business feeling that you are going from project to project. The access to market that you were promised is simply not offered or delivered or manifested. The corporate entity gets its points and you start to get a sense that you're being abused. You get, to, you get a sense that your dignity is failing and falling. So as a Black-owned business, you can sit with that and you can mope about it and you can feel desperately sorry for yourself. We can turn around and say, I'm gonna make things happen differently because I have control. I'm going to ensure that I develop the skill sets. I will find where I need to access these skills. I'm gonna take the small opportunity that being black owned as a business owner offers me in South Africa. I will find an opportunity to get funding for the development of my skills or a small little sliver of market access to a corporate. And I'm going to use it as a stepping stone to build myself into a real business, not one that simply chases enterprise development opportunities one after the next after the next. And I'm going to build myself into a real business by driving real value in my company. And I'm going to build proper market access programs myself that are based on the value I build in my business. And over time, I'm going to wean myself off and away from the enterprise supply development space, unless it suits me, but it's not something I'll be dependent on. And through that, 
I'm going to deepen the economic power that I have within my grasp and reach and hands as a business owner by building from a 1 million rand business to a 3, from a 3 to a 10, from a 10 to a 20, from a 20 mm. to a 30, because I have the ability, I have the anger, which I'm turning into positively inspired action to take control of my own destiny. And through that, I will be able to tolerate the misgivings, misfortunes, and frustrations that are largely dominating the landscape here. And it's it's so sad that you have to get to that point, though, Pablo, isn't it? I mean, it's just like the, 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 the rage and the frustration that is so apparent in so many small business owners, just because the, the environment's not fair to anyone. No, it's not fair at all. And, and Bruce, the, the reality is this, is that it's not written anywhere, but it's written everywhere. You know, sometimes things don't need to be written to to create a contract of understanding, a covenant. In many ways, as business owners, we are, as private business owners, we are the single biggest investors in any economy, wherever we may be globally. Insofar as, with respect to all my colleagues in corporate entities who run listed operations, they are heavily funded by other people's money. I'm not saying it's an easy job, an easy task to navigate a very big business in a zero growth economy that's poorly managed like ours. In fact, I think it has a different set of challenges to it. But at the end of the day, you get a salary, you get a significant salary, you carry the risk, you carry the stress, you carry all those issues. But at the end of the month, there's money coming in. The very, very, very small businesses, the fledgling businesses that eventually, as what happened in COVID, Many of them went underground insofar as they deregistered out of the formal economy and moved into the informal economy. Well, respectfully, Bruce, there's very little to lose over there yeah. because you carry your own costs, you carry your own environment. You simply need to put enough money on the table to feed yourself and your family. But the mid-tier business owners, the individuals who move from a micro enterprise to a small enterprise and moving up to a medium enterprise, they throw everything back every single month to sustain those businesses in a low growth economy and an economy that's been further hampered by mismanagement. And it is beyond frustrating because it's those businesses that have the greatest opportunity to innovate. By definition, what I mean by that is because it's such a competitive segment of our business community that if you don't get ahead of your competitors, you die very, very quickly. And getting ahead means that you have to constantly extend your thinking on how to improve service and value to clients and customers in order to maintain the support that they offer you. You have to do it in such a way that as you grow, you absorb people. As you grow, you pay more taxes because I can assure you, Bruce, in a small business, you do not have the luxury <laughs> of improving the services of right. sophisticated parties that can help you manage tax effectively. You pay your full tax. Yeah. So the unwritten covenant is that we will do this on the basis that you create an economy that's stable and fair and that works. Because we as private business owners need a 10, 15, 20-year run in order to get a return on all the risks that we face and the investments that we relentlessly make to give us a fair shot at a decent retirement in life.
But here's the problem, Pablo. I mean, it's hard enough in a perfectly functioning environment. If you are starting a small business in Sweden, Denmark, or somewhere like that, where you know there, there's a process and a system and a, and a box for everything that is ticked and, and people do their jobs properly, um, it's hard enough to, to run a competitive business in those environments. Here, the odds seem stacked against us. I mean, the, are you getting a sense of rage in a, in a sense of hopelessness? Or are you getting a sense of rage that... You know what? Stuff this. We're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway, regardless of the environment which we're in, simply because we have no choice. No, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense of an overwhelming resignation coming through. Uh. And it's, it's very, very perturbing, Bruce, because, you know, here's the thing. Growth in any business begins with your mindset. I can promise you on a technical level, you know that series we did, the five layers yep. over 20, 30 years to get a 100 million rand business. Those five layers arguably fix all the challenges, the technical challenges you would face as a business owner that put you in full control to start and achieve that. But what you need is some level of stability and support and by support, I'm not asking for government handouts. No. But I'm saying, make our electricity work 15 years on. Stop this water shedding nonsense that's now running. Get rid of the corruption that you promised us, Mr. President, you would Don't do. That pervades the environment. Yeah. Because it makes it substantially harder yeah. and less, it makes it impossible. And Bruce, I just want to say one thing about white-owned businesses, because white-owned businesses face a very different scenario. White-owned businesses don't face the same legacy in history that black-owned businesses face. And amongst the white-owned businesses I'm speaking to, please believe me, whoever you are and wherever you are, you cannot afford to resign. You need to take that anger, allow it to build and direct it into gaining your independence of state actors by building a business that is profitable, that is sellable, and will secure the family pension that you need. Yeah. The same message to both black and white-owned businesses, but through a different, slightly nuanced strategy. Pablo, we must leave it there, but thank you. Um, an impassioned Pablo for TDs this evening. Always passionate, but tonight impassioned. I think that's different. Uh, thank you, Pablo. Very, very, I mean, the, this reflecting, I think, the rage that he is receiving, yeah, he is getting, uh, getting from people in the real world. I mean, in corporate, it's hard enough to battle through the traffic and battle to get hold of and to get to the office. And, you know, there's no water, but, you know, there's a portaloo outside and somebody's made a plan for a generator. If you're running your own enterprise and you're the one who's got to then do all of this planning around with money that you don't have for the team that you, you, you're trying to keep motivated and engaged in your running your business, it's just, yeah, it becomes incredibly, incredibly soul-destroying. And people are going to have that sense of, resignation like it or not